The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. So about money. Uh, Jack and I, and I said to you this morning, Jack, um, we are here to service the rich. We're also here to service the poor. Uh, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, our average client would have somewhere between a half a million and a million dollars, actually well over a million bucks with us, but we do take cl- clients on, we have several hundred thousand. But if you have no money, you can still call us and we will help you. We will get you started. Um, we have a client, uh, a 20 year old, uh, 20 year old client. And when that person was 16, uh, I said, let's get you on a little plan here, a savings plan and an investment plan. So in 2019, they, uh, they you know, just through a collection of uh, birthday gifts and Christmas gifts and likes had about $25,000, uh, began a part-time job, began saving, um, a hundred dollars a month. And then their parent, matched the $100 saving. So the child put 100 bucks a week in, the child matched it every week with another 100 bucks. And uh, I did a little financial plan for this person. And I said, you know, if you leave this alone, just by saving $200 a week, 100 from you and 100 from your parents, uh, if you do that for 40 years uh, at an 8% return, and by the way, the uh, S&P 500 over uh, a 40-year period has averaged a 10 plus percent return. So eight is actually a very conservative number for long-term, and I mean decade, decade-long broad market-based investors. 8% return, 40 years, $800 a month savings, the bottom line number, $3.5 million estimated. Um, so what I like to do with plans, with financial plans, is I like to do a stop and check, you know, every now and then, every couple of years. Are you on plan? Are you behind plan? Are you ahead of plan? Because plans are nothing but a forecast of uh, an investment rate of return in a savings plan. And what usually happens is that the, the, the person that falls down first is usually the, the, the saver. They stop saving for whatever reason. If you consistently save, you should get an average return and you know, give or take. Uh, and again, we use the 8% number. Long and short, I did a stop check. Where are you at after four years? Ahead of plan. Compounder return 12% versus the eight predicted. This 20-year-old now has $78,000, Emily. A 20-year-old with $78,000. They continue on that program. They'll be soon at 100, followed by 200, followed by 400. In 40 years, when that, when that person is 60, they'd have three and a half million dollars, probably, in fact, more. So uh, you got to start young and you got to save, my good friends, and just invest in boring, broad-based things, ETFs, mutual funds, I don't care, just get invested in quality, boring, long-term. And Jack, you, you noticed the point, the, the graph. Remember the graph in the, in the financial plan? And you said, well, if I find this very interesting. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, so we'll so, talk about so that. So what yeah. you see there is the savings plan, just like you talked about. Most people won't commit to that because it's boring. You know what it is, Wolf? It's linear. Linear is boring. <laughs> it is, absolutely. <laughs> You're right. And in with the financial plan, it's linear as well. And then the compounding starts to take effect, right? Yeah, and, the and that, that part is exponential. So well, the, the saving is linear, but, yeah. but the, the investment, the, the, the business you buy aren't linear. Right, so that's my point. So, But initially, the earnings at 10%, it's relatively linear, but throughout the plan, it becomes exponential. People can't think long-term. They're always, always, always looking for a quick fix. And I think that's when our next guest is actually going to jump in here quite good because they're looking for crypto. They're looking for something that'll have an immediate impact on their financial plan. And typically those things aren't the quick fix that you're looking for. They end up going the wrong way. Whereas the savings plan, the dollar cost averaging that our clients are doing, following plans, sticking with plan, thinking long-term, buying good businesses, 
all of that stuff is boring initially, but it's uh, very exciting in the end. <laughs> well, it, it truly is. It truly is. You know, I, I, I explained to this client, I said, you're planting a bunch of acorns. Every year, every time you buy something, you're planting an acorn. Acorns turn into big oak trees, uh, hardwood that stands for hundreds of years. Uh, and ironically, uh, I have a big oak tree in my backyard, Jack. <laughs> I hate the damn thing because it drops too many darn acorns now. This, they, 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 hit in the head, they hurt. Oh, boy. But, but I would say part of that plan, though, too, Wolf, dollar cost averaging uh, takes about one of the, uh, the, the biggest uncertainties out of the market. We have clients that save on their own throughout the year and then say, okay, now where am I, I going to put this $100,000? I'm going to try and time the market. And then they never actually put it into the market. Yep. As opposed to if you automate the process, yep. it takes the thinking out of it and allows the compounding magic to work it's for you. It's the exact, exact opposite of paying off your mortgage. Your mortgage is a forced monthly payment, which is a forced monthly equity build. And that's why people make, one of the reasons why people make money in real estate. Long-term thinking, every month they pay off a little bit of it. Uh, and in 25, 30, 40 years, famo, it's worth a lot of money. I, I just, we see this over and over and over again. And it's remarkable, you know, when we have clients who are selling their family home after 50 years in that family home, and they recall what they paid for that family home, i.e., I paid $10,000 for this home in Toronto. It's now worth $800,000 in 50 years. The same can apply, be applied to their RSP uh, uh, equity build. Um, again, we are here to help the rich. We are here to help the poor. Uh, we are here because, well, both Jack and I are people of the people. Uh, and I am Jack, and I'm, I'm very pleased that the team, I have to do a little self-promotion because I think it matters. And it demonstrates really uh, the work that we bring to the table, uh, both you and I and our team members and this radio show, because uh, the show is all about learning. You and I learn as we produce this show, and hopefully our guests learn something as well. We're here for the rich. We're here for the poor. Um, and again, it's just nice to see someone like Warren Buffett donate a small eight hundred million dollars of stock to his family's uh, foundation this year uh we're 800 million dollars that man has is donating this year and over the course of his uh life jack you're expecting him to donate upwards of 95 percent of his 106 billion dollars in net worth well he's already given a lot away as well Wolf. right you have to rem- rem- remember that so mm-hmm. yeah it's part of the giving pledge and not only is he doing it himself he's encouraging other wealthy billionaire Americans to do the same with the giving pledge. Well, again, another tip for, for Torontonians, you're not going to drink and drive, but here's, here's something else I really would like you to do. I just began doing it. It's actually fun. And I feel really engaged. And it, it does allow me to remain uh, a member of the people. I think, I think it's very, very important in life to remain humble and uh, respectful. Uh, can't stress these points enough. Do unto others, in other words. But uh, I, know, I know a few people, Jack, in Toronto who have their favorite homeless person. Uh, and they almost befriend these people. Uh, well, I found one down on Lakeshore Boulevard, uh, uh, just heading on to York Street. Uh, there's a fellow, and I, I saw him with his Tim Hortons cup yelling at the world, gone crazy, crazy, something in the milk. There's something in the milk. It, it, it happened before. I've seen it, and it's happening again. So, so I said to me, because I, I just put on a pair of socks one morning, I found a few woolly socks I didn't really want to ever wear again, so I put them in my car seat. And I said, sir, would you like a couple of pairs of socks? Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And he's, you know, things are crazy. They're crazy out there. Have a nice day, my friend. I saw him the next day, and I had two more pair of socks. And I said, friend, how are you? Oh, good, good. I said, uh, we'd like a pair of socks. You know, the ones you gave me were too thick. I need bigger shoes. I said, well, I got a couple thinner pair. Oh, that could be good. I walked to Niagara Falls twice, barefoot. Stuff got on my feet. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. No, 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 no. I had something, something going on around here, he says to me. Well, the, day, the next day I saw him in the afternoon, Jack, playing a flute underneath the Gardner Expressway. Playing a flute with his coffee cup in hand. That's interesting. So this morning, uh, driving to work, there he was again, holding his flute, having a smoke. And I said, play your flute. 
And he started playing his flute. He's a wonderful piper. Very nice. And then he stopped. He said, spit her with a belly of beer. I said, well, that's, I don't necessarily recommend that to you. But look, thanks for playing the flute. Here's five bucks, but don't buy any beer with it. No, no, it's true. Libations, good for music. Got to have some libations in there to make it sound good. I said, my friend, my friend, my friend. But anyways, friends at home. Uh, with the homeless, for the most part, I, I don't. I don't support giving cash to them directly because we know it's probably not going to end up in a in a good direction. Socks, gloves, hats, warm clothes, a pair of shoes that are still decent. That put them in your car, and so when a person is, it, it reaches their hand up for some money, give them some clothing at least. It's going to be cold in the city for the next six months. Uh, and again, if you're just starting out in a savings plan, reach out to Jack, and I will help you get started. We may not be your advisor per se, can't open up an account for you, uh, but we can help you. And I'm more than willing to help anyone who reaches out to Jack and I, because again, from rich to poor, we want to help them all. We really, really do. Um, my friends, part of help is, well, sort of like putting a seatbelt on when you get into a car, uh, safety checks. And I know if you're in the working community, uh, every three months, your your employer is probably saying you have to do a cybersecurity uh, exam. Uh, obviously, uh, Harassment exam is now part of the popular mantra as well. So you got to keep up with changes. Uh, and technology, of course, allows for uh, a speedy uh, fraud to take place. Big story, of course, in crypto in the last couple of days was a company called FTX. It was a trading platform. Uh, company's basically frozen and uh, allegedly over a billion dollars in crypto assets lost. A billion dollars. Uh, David Milosevich, he's a fraud lawyer. Uh, he's been on the show before. He's obviously Associate Fraud Examiner, a C, an ACFE, um, great guy, um, obviously, obviously educated Osgood Hall, went to McGill, uh, BA, and, and a lawyer. Uh, David, uh, thank you for joining us, appreciate your time. Fraud is dangerous, and I don't want any of our listeners uh, just to become a victim to a fraud. Uh, let's start with crypto. Uh, are, you, are you pick up any cases in, uh, in crypto, uh, disgruntled customers who lost their money? Yeah, good morning, Wolf. Jack, good to be with you guys again. Um, yeah, we're seeing a lot of crypto. I'm getting a lot of calls coming in the office, and the crypto scams are getting uh, quite sophisticated. Um, one that I've seen, I've had a few clients come in uh, recently and just wiped out, life savings gone. And oh. it, starts, uh, it starts with uh, really just kind of innocuous hook. They get a WhatsApp message or a text message that's misdirected. Hey, Jack, how you doing this morning? It's not meant for Jack. It's meant for Bob. But they answer it. Oh, you got the wrong number. And the person uses that to hook them into a conversation. And the conversation starts soon. They start telling them how they're making tons of money in crypto. And I'll teach you how to do it. And these are, you know, naive people. They don't really know. They're not investors. And the person says, don't worry, I'll walk you through it. Log on to this website. And what the fraudsters have done is they've created spoofs, mirrors of legitimate cryptocurrency trading platforms, Coinbase, Crypto.com. But if you look closely at the IP address, it's in some foreign jurisdiction. And so they hook the people in and they'll do a couple of legitimate transactions with them. And then they'll start getting them to borrow money, do more, and they're going to put money into this website. And the fraudster transfers it to a bank account offshore. It's gone. I had a guy call me the other day, retired guy sent $600,000 entire savings through a fraudulent website, it's now gone. And he asked me, what can you do for me? And the short answer is, in those situations, not much. David Milosevic, Milosevic and Associate, fraud lawyer. Uh, my friends, it's a jungle out there. The show's Hi-Fi Radio. We're here to help you protect yourself, protect your wallet, 
And of course, we are here for the people, rich or poor. Uh, please stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. Get back with David Milosevic, fraud lawyer, uh, right after this. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Oh, Joe Strummer, indeed. So much fun to see. If you ever had a chance, uh, you know what I'm talking about. It'll clash. Actually, one of Kathleen's favorite bands, Sandinista. That's a record she loves so very, very much. Very talented band. Diverse, diverse, diverse music, indeed. Ahead of their times. Uh, yep, my good old Mar- friend Martin Streak, that was one of his favorite bands. Uh, Martin, of course, used to work out of this very house here, of course, Entertainment. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, my friends. Uh, fraud. Uh, it's just awful. Uh, it's embarrassing. Um, it's disheartening. It's discouraging. Uh, it's criminal. It's wrong. Uh, and it is proliferating uh, uh, through technology. It's frightening. Uh, you, you made a good point, uh, David. Uh, David Milosevic is joining us. He's a fraud lawyer with Milosevic and Associates. You made a very, very good point. The Internet Protocol address speaks volumes. Uh, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, double check. Uh, .ca.com for the legitimate uh, crypto trading platforms. Uh, the ones that we're seeing that are fraudulent are based in Burma, um, some in Hong Kong, uh, generally Far Eastern addresses is what we're seeing. I mean, they could be from anywhere in the world, but we're seeing a lot of Far Eastern addresses on the spoof sites uh, that are being used to dupe, uh, dupe customers and investors. Just another thing there, David, you, you talk about the $600,000 being lost by crypto investors. Again, we talked about financial plans right at the top of the show. These are People do have to be held accountable as well. And like I said, you're looking for get-rich-quick schemes here. That's what people are looking for, and it really doesn't work. There is no quick fix for a financial plan. So uh, I would say discipline, regular savings, those are key fundamental things, and managing risk, managing risk. And that's what we do for our clients. So, um, you know, it's very unfortunate when fraud does take place. Um, the other point that I would make is often these characters are reaching out to you. What other ways are people reaching out to you that you need to be aware of? Because if I go to coinbase.com, I know that I'm going to the, the correct website. But when someone reaches out to me and pushes a website, that's a little suspicious. So how else, are, how else are these people engaging um, people for fraudulent activity? Oh, it's a good point, Jack, what you said. It's, uh, there's a lot of the psychology of the quick fix, right? And so on these crypto scams, what we're seeing is that people are being shown returns of 25% a month, 50%, double your money. Uh, so there's the psychology of the person who's being attracted to the quick fix that's making them ripe to be exploited. Um, and similarly, people are reaching out, as you ask, well, how are they reaching out? Generally, this is all happening by text message now, right? Like 20 years ago, it was your home phone that was the conduit to get to you. Now it's what you got in your pocket with you every day, your cell phone, and they're sending texts. And it's also psychologically, especially for some of the older people who are falling for these scams. I know a family friend fell for one soon, uh, fell for one recently, and what was it? He got a text, oh, your Amazon re- uh, refund has been processed, click here. And when you click, 
It directs you to a site where they can fish for your material, for your information, get your bank account information. And for a lot of these people, it's like psychological as well. Right now, with the inflation going up, older folks on a fixed income, uh, they get potentially $200 coming back to them. Suddenly, it's a lifeline. You're not going to have to go borrow on your credit card. Um, you're not going to be short that month. You suddenly have $200 you didn't think about. And psychologically, you're vulnerable. You click on it. And that's how they're getting to people. And they're really targeting them well. The targeting is very sophisticated. It's the most sophisticated marketing you've seen. They know who they're going for. They move with the news. Something happens in the news, they're ready to go oh, on. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, well, they did with they did over COVID too, right? When people were locked oh. in their homes, they had lots of scams around that as well. But tons, uh, tons. Elderly have always been targeted. We know that. They are, are vulnerable. They have fixed incomes. Um, Wolfgang and I were just talking in the office this week, though. Uh, kids have cell phones now. Our kids, our kids, no, but are kids being targeted? And, and are there opportunities for fraudulent activity oh. there? Because honestly, you, the, the amount of screen time that kids have on phones is... Scary. It's, yeah, it's, it's Scary. challenging. It's, difficult. Bad. it's very bad. And there are, I mean, uh, these uh, text messages tend to be indiscriminate, right? So the fraudsters don't necessarily know who is a kid or who's older. Um, mm. Some of the more sophisticated fraud groups, what they do is they sell lists to each other uh, of people who meet a particular demographic. So these these fraudsters, they'll target specific demographics, seniors, whatnot. Uh, I mean, the worst are the ones who sell lists of people who've already been defrauded. So they'll hit them a second time with recovery scams. Hey, you know, you've been defrauded and pay us this amount, we'll get your money back. So we're seeing that a lot with the crypto space, the people who've been hit with the crypto losses, their names are then sold to other fraudsters who hit them with fake recovery scams. Oh my! I do, I, I do have to ask you. Um, I just got the call again. A one duck cleaning. Are they legit? Does um, anyone know? I get they have been calling me for years. A one so duck I'm cleaning services. Comment, I'm not going to comment on that specific company, but I'll tell you. Uh, I had uh, I, and the RCMP and I uh, have been communicating on it to see what we can do about it as a class action. Uh, there are companies that are going around selling uh, home equipment, including duct cleaning, and you sign up for it, and they use it as authorization to put a lien on your home. So you'll sign a contract that's for about $10,000. They're going to use that to put a lien on your home for 100 and then squeeze you to try to pay, get you to pay out that lien, get a mortgage to pay them out. They've been hitting hundreds and thousands of people, uh, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of people across Ontario for the past couple of years now. There are a couple of companies that are doing it. Do not sign up at, for anything at your door. Wow. Again, th th David. that goes back to, Wolf, are they approaching you or are you approaching them? Are you calling someone because you need a duct cleaning service or whatever service that you know David's talking about here? Or are they coming to you and pitching you a product that maybe you don't necessarily need? See, but this is the problem with greed. Uh, and I, I just had a debate with a friend of mine. I was just, you know, uh, speaking uh, uh, comically, I shall say. But, uh, you know, the old um, greed is good. <laughs> greed is good. Uh, Michael Douglas. Yep. Uh, yeah, Wall Street. Was, was it was just called Wall Street. Gordon greed. Gordon Gecko. Greed is good. <laughs> but, you know, and again, uh, being a man who, who believes very much in philanthropy, philanthropy means pulling out your checkbook and giving someone your money. Uh, money can be the root of much good. Okay. Uh, of course, the biblical says money is the root of all evil. I think, well, let's flip stuff around in life and money is the root of all good. Um, uh, but greed, uh, when it comes to fraud, what degree of but for lack of a better word, decision-making is based on greed. I think it's a huge component 
for the, for these fraudsters is praying. You spoke about it at the very beginning of the whole conversation, speaking about how much of it is greed motivated. Uh, and I think it might be 75, 80%. So if you can somehow just control greed uh, and, and, and try to be boring, uh, you'll be so much right. better off. I, I think you're right. Well, for the larger frauds, Wolf, that I see, and by large, you know, 100 grand plus that people are losing, uh, for the larger frauds, it's pretty much exclusively greed-based returns that are just too good to be true, and people fall for it. For the smaller ones, the the ones where they're really targeting mass text, they're grabbing a couple hundred dollars at a time from people, yeah. uh, those are really just not being very careful. Sloppy to this piece. Yeah, sloppy. I guess well, that, that makes good it's sense. It's greed and it's desperation, right? So the, the large payouts yeah. are greed. Whereas the you know I need I need well and I need a two hundred dollar extra month to pay my utilities that's the desperation and the environment that we're in right now because of inflation makes it that much more challenging for people on fixed incomes but I would say the solution to the problem or one of the solutions we talked about it in the previous uh, segment do a financial plan do a financial plan think long term don't be greedy put money away regularly and you will be fine. From the desperation point, guys and then, like Wolf and Jack, and uh, that's how you do it. You don't go for these quick, uh, quick, rich schemes. They're just gonna. And, and, and then at the end of it all, Wolf, you get that exponential growth, which our clients are experiencing once they've built that tree. And then you can give away. You talk about Warren Buffett giving a billion dollars away this year. That's what you do with philanthropy once so, you've once you've accumulated wealth. So, David, uh, just in the interest of time, I want to now come back to you because it, it, it's interesting. You're a fraud lawyer, but more often than not, you hear these cases. Well, too late to call me. Nothing I can do. The money is now in Bermuda. Uh, so when can you add value in this equation as a lawyer? Because obviously you're hired and you're able to build a case around certain situations to have a positive outcome or you wouldn't be in business. Yeah, the problem is, Wolf, uh, it's only if it's large enough. I have a one crypto one right now. The person was scammed for about five and a half million oh. there. Uh, it makes sense to do some of the tracing work that's required to try to unravel the things, seize bank accounts, get injunctions. I mean, we're talking a lot of money and legal fees to try to unravel. But will, sorry, will you be able to recover some of that, do you think? Or is it other countries? This one, uh, this one, fortunately, the fraudster, they thought they had hidden themselves behind uh, a VPN, uh, a fake, uh, well, a, a cloaked uh, IP address, and we were able to get disclosure of it. And based on that, we got some credit card information. Based on that, we got real estate information, and we found two houses that were purchased here in Canada that we can seize. Uh, that took, as you can imagine, the amount of detective work uh, to get that. So in those situations, um, but I do a lot of frauds right now. I just started a case last week for 60 people who were defrauded by their investment advisor, something that happens uh, with guys like you. That's why people should be going to you guys, someone who's trustworthy, but there's some people out there who aren't. And so in those kind of situations, it makes sense to retain me because there we can actually do something. Um, but the crypto scams, those are next to impossible unless the amounts are really large. You know, it's incredible because, again, in a bear market, as Warren Buffett put it, when the tide goes out, you find out who's been swimming naked. Uh, fraudsters can hide for a period of time. But my friend put it to me best, so Wolf, uh, I'm not a religious man. I believe in the church of money. And the church of money ultimately keeps people honest because when money's involved, any owner of that money will be paying attention at some point to the validity of their position in it, be it the auditors, the accountants, the shareholders. It will come to surface sooner rather than later. And it, it just seems that all this bad stuff percolates quickest during a bear market. You're right about that. And a lot is coming out right now. So for your listeners, be careful. And it's what Jack said. If someone's approaching you, be skeptical. If you're reaching out for the services and doing your research, that's a different matter. And they're getting to you through your cell phone. 
If it's coming through your cell phone, you haven't asked for it, ask questions. David, David, tell me about the blockchain, because the blockchain, the ledger, things are supposed to be permanent on the blockchain. So with crypto, that's, again, to say the framework that it, it runs on. Can you not trace through blockchain, through the ledger, to find out where the, these crypto assets are going, whether it's Ether or Bitcoin or whatever, whatever coin that they're using? Yeah, you can trace. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's diff different with Ethereum as it is uh, as uh, Bitcoin. So technically, the tracing aspect is different through each. Uh, tracing blockchain transactions, for sure you do it. But what do you trace in the blockchain uh, chain transaction? You're tracing the address and the uh, blockchain identifier. And you can trace that through. But what if someone then has rece received that and they put it into what's it, right? old wallet? So they take it off a network. They put it into a so-called cold wallet, which is just like a USB in your pocket. Uh, the tracing is dead. It's gone at that point. There's the, the chain is broken, and you're not going to be able to trace that again. When they reinsert it and try to upload it somewhere, yeah, you can trace it again. But that exercise of being on the alert for when it's next going to be uploaded, um, I mean, just the, the man hours involved in trying to do that makes it practically uh, impossible. That's interesting. So you take the, the the crypto off the network, you put it into what you call was a cold wallet on your USB in your pocket. Now it's no longer traceable. They also take it to jurisdictions that you probably can't enforce either. And put it back on the network. That's very yeah, interesting. That's right. hey, hey, you, go ahead. Go. No, the, the David, we actually unfortunately are out of time. Uh, David Milosevic, uh, fraud lawyer uh, right here in Toronto. If, you, if you're sniffing fraud, if there's any smoke around you, my friends, uh, don't hesitate to give David a call. Tell him you're a friend of ours. He'll chat with you. Uh, and uh, I hope it's, it's not serious, but if it is, all the more reason to speak to him. Uh, David Milosevic, lawyer, Milosevic and Associates. Much appreciate your time. It's a show for the rich. It's a show for the poor. Jack and I, people of the... Well, yeah, people of the people, uh, men of the people, I shall say. Indeed. Quick break, get right back to Hi-Fi Radio. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Making your way in the world today Takes everything you've got Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away All those nights when you've got no lights The check is in the mail Welcome back, my friends Let's take you down the street to Cheers Yes, we're in Boston with our friend Richard Davis. Well, virtually in Boston. Uh, but Richard Davis is in Boston. And so I said, well, let's give him a little Cheers uh, theme music. And, you know, what I would like best, uh, you know, when I'm talking business, is to sit at a place like Cheers with a guy like Rich Davis uh, and just uh, chat with him about all kinds of interesting stuff. Because this man is so well-read. He is so learned. And honestly, he was just a really good, helpful friend uh, when he worked with Jack and I. I can't accord he... Uh, moved on to try out some new ventures. Um, yep, yep, courage. The man has courage, but, uh, you know, he's confident and smart and also very humble. Uh, works for a company called Unity Software. Mr. Richard Davis, welcome back to Hi-Fi Radio, my friend. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, great to be on again. Great how, to how are things in... My pals. Yeah, and how are things in Boston? 
oh, fine, you know, we're getting winter coming just like you guys. And uh, so we're finally starting to see the, the leaves have turned. The leaves are mostly down. So we're uh, getting ready for the winter wonderland. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of memorable moments I've had when I went to Boston. Number one, the best clam chowder bar none. The best clam chowder. Yes. Uh, number two, excellent lobster. Very, very good yeah. lobster. Jack, you like lobster, don't you? Absolutely. Have you ever fished for lobster? I haven't fished for I lobster. Went fish, I went fished. I did. But I, I fished for shark actually down in uh, Boston. Yeah, we didn't catch any shark. I was telling you this off air. Didn't catch any shark. Uh, one of the guys made a joke about actually pulling a lobster trap. And the captain said, you don't pull lobster traps in Boston. They'll protect those with firearms. They'll take you out. What do you mean protect them with a firearm? It's property rights. It's, so, so the, it's their property. <laughs> if I, if I, if I going to pull up your trap and, 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 and open up uh, and pull up the lobster, you, you have the right to do what? Yeah, they can shoot you. Blast you with it. Yeah, it's your property. Oh. Richard, what do you think, pal? Is that true? Well, apparently so. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's coming up from a Canadian. Do you believe a Canadian when it comes to American gun laws? He actually knows what he's talking about? Uh, let's just say we didn't pull the trap, Wolf. We'll just, we didn't pull yeah. the trap. You're t- <laughs> that's the way to stop you. Just threaten you. <laughs> well, hey, threats work. I'm trying, you know, I, try, I threaten my, my children. I'm going to take them away the cell phone. The only thing is, Jack, you understand threats. The most important thing about a threat is you have to be willing to enforce it. Enforce and it. And you know what? You know who else is making threats out there, Wolf? Elon Musk. You want to talk about threats? Oh. $40 billion acquisition, can't have the staff, making some serious demands. What do you think, Richard? Look, these, it's, that, that, you know, those social platforms are tricky, right? Because they can, you know, they can be hot at one moment and not the other. We always kind of say that they, uh, you know, their competitive moats are about the size of a stream. So, uh, you know, you've seen this already. <laughs> I don't know about your ki- your kids, you know, none of my kids use Facebook anymore. They all use, you know, either chat with WhatsApp and use Instagram, which is part of Facebook, but, uh, it's a tough business. So, uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta stay on top of that stuff and it can slip away quickly if you're not careful. But uh, Jack, you know, said, you know, Elon can handle it. If, you know, if he paid about $40 billion for Twitter, um, if, if it does go bankrupt, I would say, my goodness me, that would be the most historic hero to zero ever. But Jack said, no, no zero. He'd still be left with 150 billion. So he can actually absorb Correct. losing 40 billion dollars uh, but come on he's not gonna and he would never pay, he would never pay taxes again in his life yeah he'd have tax loss carry forwards forever wow the, uh, wow 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 um well richard let's go let's go to your business uh again i want you to talk to the audience a little bit about what and i you, you sent me some some work that your company did uh yeah. for in the studio for for studio production uh, mind-boggling yeah. like uh, oh my god how real yeah. that work looks uh but so talk yeah. about what does unity do and then your company's yeah. in the middle of a big uh four billion dollar uh merger or or, or is, is, it, is no. it a joint venture acquisition an acquisition, acquisition yeah. yeah yeah so i want to talk about that as well so please talk about yeah. first of all your what does your company yeah. do it's cool yeah so we have two parts of our business, kind of 40, 60, 40% and 60%. 40% is the stuff that I sent you, which is basically it's design tools to kind of make, you know, amazing kind of three-dimensional objects and environments that are, you know, physics realistic, light realistic, sound accurate. And we do it so that you can put it, you build it once and put it on any device, anywhere, any bandwidth, what have you. And so our we first made a, our name and kind of helping comp- people build games, video games. So about half of all the video games on the planet are made with our tools. Wow. But then we also um, law, uh, last year bought Peter Jackson's uh, tools out of his company called uh, WETA Digital or W E T A, and 
And then we also have industrial. And then on the movies and entertainment, I'll do a shameless plug. But in the in December, uh, Avatar Two comes out, and mm. that is, was made entirely with our tools. So you can kind of see what uh, see what uh, see what the movies and entertainment part of our business does. But it's uh, it's pretty cool stuff. And uh, so that's what that's what about forty percent of the business is. Then about sixty percent of the business is for what happens after you've built most of the times a game. So most games, if you play a, like a mobile game, for example, are free to play. So the way that the people that build the games get paid is like television. They open up the game usually about four minutes or an hour to put ads in there. So you'll see ads in the games and then they place them. So we help uh, companies figure out where and how and who to place the ads with. Um, but that basically the goal there is to help once you've built the game is how do you get customers? How do you grow customers? How do you retain customers? And then we have a back end part of our business that's, you know, effectively kind of like Amazon Web Services for games, which means we host things, we deliver the content and updates and stuff like that. And then the cool thing about it is, you know, we're number one by a large margin in just about every segment we're in. So, you know, we got a we got a big opportunity. Um, we think if you look at the internet today, probably three or four percent of all the content on the internet is is three dimensional. We think fifty percent of it will be three dimensional, and that's uh, you know at least a hundred thousand fold increase in the amount of compute power you're going to need hmm. to run these things. So it's going to help. You know, we don't do the compute stuff, so that would help. You know, big chip guys like uh, Nvidia or whatever, Cisco, perhaps on the routing side. But it's going to be. Uh, it's just you know, it just makes sense. So. That's what we do. Well, it's interesting. We're speaking with Rich Davis. We're talking tech. We're talking uh, uh, content creation, uh, gaming, uh, semiconductors. Warren Buffett making a big stake in Taiwanese semiconductor. Wow. That was a big move of the week as well. Uh, So that's what Rich is talking about. Uh, For the type of software they create, it requires more computing power, which requires more chips. Chips have been left for dead, yet semiconductors are a wonderful leading indicator. Perhaps they too have bottomed or turning up. Again, some green shoots. Hi-Fi Radio Show About Money. We want you to have more of it so you can, well, live a better life and give to charity. Don't forget the Covenant Sleep House. Please come to my page, support an important cause, and we're going to spend some more time with Rich Davis and talk about uh, tech right after this break. Stay tuned. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back. Great stocking stuffer is Elton John's latest book. Kathleen, my best friend in life, loved the book. Uh, except she, she's the ultimate spoiler alert. Uh, every three pages, she begins laughing. Well, if you got to hear this story. And she shares with me, of course, what she just read. So I already know the book cover to cover, but uh, I may have to give it a, a spin. I, I, I teed it up for you, Richard Davis, our, our good friend and uh, uh, big mucky muck over at uh, Unity Software. Um, Elton John, uh, in his era, there, there was no video games. It was about pinball machines. And exactly. so, so someone approached him and said, we want to do a Elton John pinball machine. Uh, how cool is that? That man has his tentacles today in everything. But, 
Uh, did he ever make the gaming? Is there? Did he end up in any video games that you know of? And who are these rock stars that end up in video games? Uh, they, they must have been uh, used at some point uh, and incorporated into the overall uh, matrix, shall I say, Richard? Yeah, a few of them had. What was there was um, actually I think in this uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which was kind of this dystopian Blade Runner kind of movie. They had uh, Keanu Reeves in it. And so you're playing it and you're like, wait a minute, I recognize that guy. Right. So, uh, so. Big Bay, you know, my, my wife loves him as well. A huge, huge, huh. huge philanthropist. Yeah. You want to talk about a star of the people? That man rides the subway. He just wants, no no, oh no. yeah, he is so humble and so philanthropic and just so grateful for everything he has. Uh, Richard, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the gaming industry. Again, your company uh, creates software to help uh, build really, really cool games. And then, of course, yeah, you house them and store them, and uh, a company's moving in more of a three-dimensional fashion. Uh, Activision. Uh, well, can you speak about Activision? It's on the table. Microsoft wants to take it over. Stock's trading at about, I think, about a 20% discount to takeover price, give or take. Uh, concerns, of course, that the regulators won't allow uh, big Microsoft to buy uh, Activision. Uh, do you think the deal's going to go through? Do you think there's any, any merit in, in antitrust for prohibiting the deal? Yeah, I mean, I think what will happen is is the various regulatory agencies, whether it's U.S. or certainly Europe and stuff like that, will require, you know, require Activision to to play nice. And so what that means, Call of Duty, die, 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 yeah. <laughs> but play nice. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's true. What they have to do is they'll have to say, okay, uh, you know, when when the new Call of Duty comes out, we're going to make sure it's available on both plat, you know, both. Sony and Microsoft at the same time. So in other words, it won't be just contained in, inside of Microsoft. So it'll probably, that's, I think, the way they'll get through it. They'll just say, okay, fine, we'll make sure we're not biasing it towards Microsoft itself. Is and, it, uh, isn't that in their the best interest platform. anyways, Richard, to, to have it on it both is. platforms? Totally is. I agree. I mean, 100%. that's what you should do. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not, you know, they'll just, they'll go, They'll say, okay, we'll do that. And the regulators will say, okay, fine, I would think. So that's more than likely the, the scenario. But everyone's going to ask for a, you know, their special little thing that they want. But I think that'll happen. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, I was just to say, Richard, you look at the, the technology landscape, and, and honestly, it has been a crash this year. Uh, the first, yep. you know, technology crash was 2000. Everyone remembers that dot com. I'm going to say this is technology crash 2.0. This is more of a valuation right. contraction, right? So things yeah. got way, way too expensive. Trading 30 yeah. times revenue is just too much to make any to make money over long-term investing in an asset yeah. class. So what's your view on technology moving into 2023? And what, what valuation do you think you can give, you know, a, a good quality tech company in this interest rate environment? Good question. I mean, so if you actually look at it, you know, software has gone from, you're correct, uh, you know, let's just say highly inflated, you know, a year ago to right about its 10 year average. So we're kind of typical software company on a forward, you know, the simplest way to do it is do enterprise value to revenues is like four to seven times, you know, there's people to the left and the right of that range, but that's kind of where most of them are. That's where valuations were the last decade before we kind of had the run up. The only time it was lower was right after your point, 2000 and 2000, 2001, when it got down to about 2.4 times, as I recall, kind of for the average software stock. So that would mean two to three times. I mean, it could go there, I guess. Probably not because the companies, I would argue, are better businesses today than they were back then. So I think we're close to the bottom. I do think the next few months are going to be choppy just because everyone has to 
figure out what the numbers will be for 23. And as I used to say, when I was on your side of the business, you know, the institutional investors are unencumbered with conviction. So it just depends on what day they wake up and they go, Oh, we're happy. Oh, we're sad. We're happy. We're sad. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. Eventually they'll get through this. That's funny. And as you look through the technology landscape, Richard, where would you start to sort of pick away? Uh, Wolfgang mentioned the semis earlier as a bit of a leading indicator for the technology space, but there's gaming cloud. Uh, I'll even throw crypto has been annihilated. So where where would you start picking away and what names maybe would you be looking at? Yeah. So when you're thinking about coming out of a bear market, usually you try to buy a barbell, right? So you try to buy the companies that had the best relative performance on the way down, because that probably means people were trying to buy it as it was going down and or not selling it. And those tend to bounce back first. And then the other end of the barbell is you buy the ones that were absolutely just, you know, microwaved. And, uh, microwave. you know, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they've come out crispy. And so, what you, you know, you hit by a handful of those because I still remember like in 2003 when everything had been just absolutely just crushed. I mean, you had this rally for like, I guess it was like nine to 12 months where a lot of these stocks like doubled and tripled. Oh, yeah. People were like, how is, this, how is this possible? This is impossible. These are all garbage companies. Well, they, you know, at some point, if they're too cheap, they're too cheap and they move. So, um, you know, that's probably where we'll get to. I don't, anyways, and then how do you do it? So what do you find is, you know, kind of companies with the best relative performance on the way down. And those are guys like, obviously the, the big dogs, like, you know, the, the Microsofts and the, you know, maybe a Salesforce, maybe some of these, uh, you know, maybe Nvidia or something like that. Although that's been hit reasonably hard, but the kind of high quality names, you know, making a bunch of money. And then the ones that have been smashed, you can kind of pick the ones with the most operating leverage. Uh, you know, I will comment on Unity because I'm biased, so you can make your own decision there. But other companies that have been beat to heck, uh, you know, there's some of these, at least in my old space, the tech companies like, uh, and I haven't paid super close attention to them, but, you know, like, a, you know, an Okta or a Twilio or a Mongo or HubSpot, those kind of smaller, you know, small to mid cap names that are pretty good quality businesses probably would come back reasonably quickly. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio, that's it, my friends, for another week. Uh, hope you learned something. Uh, if you're paying attention, uh, I learned something. Jack always teaches me something. Rich Davis, uh, former analyst and now working with Unity, helping uh, them promote their cause. Uh, friends at home, have a great weekend. Any questions for Jack? All right, just go to our website, uh, WolfgangKlein.com, TheWolfOnBayStreet.com, and friends, please, homelessness. Support the cause. Help it. Please eradicate homelessness from Toronto. Uh, Go to the website, uh, Covenant House, Wolfgang Klein. Uh, Please uh, support the cause. It is dear to my heart, and, well, it's a benefit to all of us. I want to wish you a great weekend. Lots of love, lots of success, lots of health and safety. Jack and I will be back with you next Saturday right here on 640. Show's Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardhill, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email wolfandjack at wolfgangkline.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.